I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about the critical role that salespeople play in our business lives. We're talking about what to expect from a salesperson, the typical buying mistakes made by customers, and the key technology areas you should be focusing on right now. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of what to expect from a trusted advisor in mapping out the technology future of your business. I'm joined by Damien Bridge from Catalytic. Damien, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Jackie. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Tell us a bit about yourself. So, yeah, uh, my name is Damien Bridge. I've been involved in the technology space for 20 years now. This is my passion. This is what I do. And, yeah, just grateful for the opportunity to, to engage with you this morning and, and, and speak to some people who are listening online. Thank you for that. So um, the, the first, the, the main topic for me is uh, that I mapped out is, is what does customers want slash need from a salesperson so let's get right into it what role does a salesperson perform at your customers so i think uh to be quite honest uh, what customers want and what they need are sometimes very far apart yes Um, (laughs) so i think uh uh, it's an opportunity for me to stand up for the salespeople. I think uh, salespeople, professional salespeople at least, are quite a uh, an underrated skill set, and sometimes they go a little bit under the radar. Um, I think sometimes what customers want is they're looking for, uh, I think the, the term trusted advisor is what's commonly thrown around the industry, but I think it goes a lot further than that. You know, It's our responsibility as salespeople and professionals to give customer information, walk them through a journey, technology journey, align ourselves with their business, um, and understand exactly what their requirements are. Uh, on the flip side of that, what they sometimes want is the best price, somebody to phone 24 hours a day, and, and sometimes those expectations are not aligned. So it's our job to, to make sure that we're in this together with the customer and obviously walk the journey with them. So are you saying that the typical salesperson is not uh, Alec Baldwin with his a- ABC uh Famous movie clip. Not not all of them, but definitely still a place for those kind of salespeople. That's for sure. So, and I think from a customer's perspective, there's so many options, uh, so many people that's spinning a good story. Um, it's very hard for a customer to to know to believe. Um, and and generally, there's when you say what does a customer want versus what they need, um, I think that it becomes almost so difficult for them. To discern what the truth is, is, is that it becomes a, a, a negative experience for them because there's some people that's really selling hard. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I try and explain to customers and try and express uh, and, and get across in our message is, you know, they have just as much responsibility when buying as what we ah. do selling to them. So, you know, what's the easy option? The easy option is to, to buy, uh, I call it brand buy. Um, to, to stick with the traditional players in the markets, and I'll say that in inverted commas, sometimes the brand is not always the best option. So, you know, customers want easy options. They want to make quick decisions, and sometimes that not, is not the right thing to do. So so I encourage customers to do their homework. Um, I think sometimes uh, 
through quite a, an extensive process, I like to give his customers customers as much information as possible in order for them to make an informed decision. So bigger is not always better, but customers definitely have as much responsibility to themselves and the business as what we do because they've also got to do some of the hard work. It's not all us selling to them. It's actually them making the right decisions in their purchasing process. I really love what you're saying there. Um, and I, so I always say is, is the more information we give the customer, we make them complicit in the decision that they make. So in other words, to say, oh, well, because it's technology and I don't know, I didn't know better. Uh, it's, it's our job to make sure that the customer has all of the information at hand in order to make the right decision. So I definitely agree with you there. It's, it's definitely something I try and live by. And obviously with the sales team, we, we try and get them all up to speed to make sure on the same page. Having said that, we, we tread a very thin line, thin line because sometimes too much information exposes people. Yes. And especially when you're involved in an organization that has many layers involved in the purchasing process or the procurement process or the technology side of the business, uh, you, you've got to do a couple of dances to different people. And, and sometimes too much information maybe exposes some people at a lower and sometimes even a higher level. So, you know, <laughs> what, what function do salespeople perform at the customer? Sometimes it's a little bit more than sales. It's this... It's this fine line we tread between managing the customer, managing personalities, being a trusted advisor, sometimes being a personal confidant. You know, we're dealing with human beings. They're going through stuff. COVID's been tough for everybody. People are making crazy decisions, weird decisions. And sometimes we just need to be somebody to listen to, uh, who, who can listen and, and give them some advice. Okay, my last question on the on the role that that uh, we perform at our customers. Would you say that role is to always just say yes to everything that the customer asks for or wants? Absolutely not. I think uh, I think successful, consistently successful salespeople and people who've been doing this for a long time. I like to call them professionals. Um, sales professionals know when to say no, and there absolutely is a time to say no. Um, and again, I think I said it earlier, sometimes customers don't like to hear what you've got to say to them. But sometimes you need to say, hold on a second, let's park this, let's investigate a bit more. You know, long term, this might not be the right decision for you. It might not be the right decision for the business. And although it might save you a rand or two now, long term, it could actually end up costing you money. So my next question in that follows on from that is um, – what are the typical mistakes that customers make in their buying decisions? Um, I think you alluded to, to the, the two-way street scenario just now. So w- what would you say are the typical mistakes that customers make when they, when they make buying decisions? So, I mean, typically, uh, and I think it's become more prevalent over the past 12 months, I think there's been a lot of panic buying. I call it panic buying. Um, you know, customers need to fill a gap in their business and they need it quickly a lot of people were, were sort of caught midway between their uh, uh, sort of technology decisions that they're making whether it be a strategy to move to the cloud whether it be the implementation of, of on-premise solutions I think COVID caught a lot of people unawares and a lot of people started plugging those holes with irrational sort of decisions and there was no sort of uh, uh, thought process for the most part I won't say no thought process Some people did think it out But for the most part we, we saw a lot of customers Making quick, sometimes irrational decisions For their business 
I think, and you and I speak about it a lot, um, there's also a, sometimes a disconnect between what the business wants and what technology in the business wants or what people perceive the role of technology uh, plays in the business. So in other words, uh, if I'm, a, let's use of, of my favorite example, if I'm a logistics house, my main business is I'm moving packages around the country or internationally. Uh, technology is, is not really my forte. Um, and therefore, uh, I almost treat it as, uh, I'll just listen to what the IT guy tells me. Uh, so would you say that, uh, and you alluded to some of the, the issues that we face on a daily basis, like for example, brand religion, which is one of my new favorite words is just because it's the brand, I assume that it's going to serve the business needs. Um, the, the, I almost want to say the, Absence of a, of a coherent strategy in the business is something that that we face on a daily basis. Would you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, I think uh, through the development of our own business, we've mapped out what we believe and perceive the world to be from a technology perspective. It's our product roadmap, and and we try and introduce a customer to this product roadmap at every opportunity we get. It's kind of the Bible we live by in our in our own little village and it's how we see the world. Sometimes it's our best friend and sometimes it's our worst enemies, you know, depending on where a customer is in their journey. Sometimes they're willing to to give you an audience um, and align your and align align themselves with our sort of vision on the world. And sometimes they make their own decisions because like you said, in many instances at some customers, um they wear many hats. So somebody's might, might not necessarily have a, a strong uh, grasp on technology and, and what technology can do for them. They might come from, let's say, an accounting or an HR background. And, and sometimes it proves to be a little bit of a stumbling block. Again, I think for most instances, this is where we find this kind of panic buying and irrational buying where there's no thought for the future. There's no clear plan. But I also think um, in saying that there's also opportunities that present from that because like we've know that we've like we've learned is if we understand what the business problem is, we can easily pl- plug technology in to fulfill that business problem. So sometimes when customers buy the cheapest, we've had experiences where uh, customers come back and say, well, you know what, the, the recipe that you guys put on the table is, is actually the best. I want to circle back to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, the internet can be our best friend and our worst enemy at the same time. I think, uh, uh, it's good for, for some things, but a lot of people go into the internet and do a little bit of investigation and, and, and all of a sudden they're the experts. Uh, and a lot of times customers go and do a little bit of research and then they, they build this perception in their mind that they know exactly what they need, not understanding the full sort of magnitude of maybe implementing or rolling out something, uh, that they've investigated and, and, and that sort of curtails our job and our role as the trusted advisor to say to them, hey guys, this is best practice, this is what's best for your business and and, and yeah, it's definitely a stumbling block and we see it every day And around that uh, I want to come back to some of the the usual terms that we use so like a skin in the game type approach I think that's obviously very important for us and and stepping away from the the brand religion that people just uh, buy solutions based on the brand uh, our, our view, would you say, is 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 how, how would you describe the the skin in the game approach that we follow with customers? So I think um, sort of one of our value propositions to the market, and something that I'm certainly very proud of, and I know you are, um, is, is that we do things differently. And I know everybody says that, but you know, you just got to look at the various business models out there. And the, the the way that 
ICT companies tend to roll out these these solutions hasn't really changed much in the past couple of years. I think we bring something exciting to the market. Um, so for, as far as skin of the game is concerned, we, we're invested in the contract for the full term of the contract. We uh, self-fund all the equipment. We don't seed uh, the contract over to a bank. I think that's important long term for a customer. Uh, the next time you see it is not going to be. The next time you see us is not going to be. We're just time to upgrade. We've got to consistently maintain that relationship with you. We've got to consistently build on that relationship with you and consistently help you walk through sort of your technology roadmap. So skin in the game, absolutely. We do things a little bit differently, and we do it on purpose. So I think there's definitely method in our madness. Uh, yeah, and I think we'll we'll get back to that, uh, and it's a bit of a controversial scenario, but we always talk about who, where does the, the risk uh, bus stop at the end of the day? It's typically with the business owner or the or the MD or the FD, and and a lot of the times we see that uh, the typical IT tail wags the dog, and, and that sometimes uh, hinders business. But anyway, we'll circle back to that. Um, so how would you say the the pandemic changed the ways that uh, customers transact? Yeah, so I think uh, I think we touched on it just now. The, f- for me, what I've seen is uh, there's a lot of, uh, how can I say, budget buying with no sort of long sort of long-term long-term thought process um so so customers are definitely plugging in immediate requirements um as uh, as far as that they need a solution now um and they need to make a decision now and sometimes the best price is the the benefit of that decision long term that might not be the best uh solution for the customer and in, in our sort of instance in our life we we sort of see that every day that customers have made some mistakes you know and again um how's it changed their strategy a, a lot of customers are also not investing in technology where this was actually the perfect opportunity to speed up their either their migration to the cloud looking at hosted services this uh in some instances has speed up, spe- sped up customers uh sort of uh, uh journey to the cloud um, but a lot of other customers have just sort of parked the whole idea and kind of may try to make do with what they've got yeah i, I think and we speak about this a lot uh, as well the your technology uh, roadmap is a it's a strategy it's not uh, it's like uh, i think we, uh, can i clarify when you refer to panic buying we say we're just plugging a hole so i'm buying the cheapest of whatever i can just to just to make this immediate problem go away is, is that what you would call yeah, it absolutely i mean I'll, I'll give you a silly example and, and it's happened in a previous life customer needs a laptop early uh, or, or very quickly they've got a new starter they haven't planned properly they end up seeing a special in the, in the internet over the weekend mm. the next thing you know they've got a laptop but and they don't realize that it doesn't have the right sort of uh, office version so it can't join the domain of the business therefore they're going to go and upgrade the license they haven't taken that extra three four thousand and into account. So what looked like a good deal initially actually isn't a good deal at all. You've ended up overspending because you don't have a technology partner that can help you make these decisions. Okay, and I think that's that's something that should be front of mind for every business owner. I think sometimes the challenge is because of that, uh, let's call it the technology comfort gap, if I can coin that phrase. Uh, people almost tend to file 13 uh, having that discussion. It's almost like having a, a life insurance type discussion where I know I need to do it, but uh, let's, uh, you know, let's just ride the wave for a little bit longer. Like where you say it's, um, it's a very perfect opportunity uh, time now to have that discussion and, uh, and, and map out your strategy and 
decide, you know, what the roadmap is you're going to follow for the next three or five years. 100%, yeah. Okay, so let's talk trusted advisor. You you mentioned that that's one of the the keywords that we that we throw around, and I think in terms of what how we term to use those words, we we treat it differently as just being a normal salesperson. So, how would you say a trusted advisor is different from just a normal salesperson? Yeah, I think uh, one of my opening statements was I think professional salespeople are, are highly underrated and sort of sometimes fly under the radar and and what I mean by that is becoming a trusted advisor and what I say what I call a professional salesperson it's hard work it's not meant to be easy Mm -hmm. Um, you know there's a lot of late nights there's a lot of early mornings there's a lot of disciplines that go into it Um, there's a lot of family time that's given up there's a lot of things that you need to do differently and there's a lot of self-discipline that goes into that so so how does that benefit the customer well you know the reason I would like to think 99% of us got involved in this industry was based on the fact that it's ever-changing. So there's no perfect way to do anything. It's always evolving. It's always changing. And that's part of the attraction of getting involved in this industry is having a sort of fluid environment where you can always adapt and always learn new things and and, and always sort of impart this knowledge and this uh, sort of uh, learning with your customers. So for me, uh, being a trusted advisor, what's different to, to a normal salesperson? Well, you know, your responsibility is to educate the customer. Your responsibility is to sometimes say no. Your responsibility yeah. is to listen and not take over the conversation. Your responsibility is to sometimes take the hard stance and say, Mr. Customer, if you're going to do it this way, I have to walk away because it's not viable long term. And those are difficult decisions that need to be made, as well as the daily disciplines Getting told 30 times in one day, I'm not taking your call, I'm not interested in an appointment, that stuff's hard. And um, it takes a lot for somebody to be consistently successful in this industry over a long period of time. So in my mind, the trust advisor is a lot more than just a, a show up and throw up salesperson. A lot goes into it on the back end. And I think that's one of the things that's important that we try and establish with our customers is, is that we change the view in which we we almost uh, view a salesperson as, as this uh, always be closing hardcore, mm. uh, um, you know, uh, door knocking type salesperson versus somebody that's really going to p- play a critical role in how I manage and deploy technology in the future of my business. Yeah, I mean, just to give you a quick example, and again, it's stuff we face every day. I was at an engagement with a potential new prospect last week with one of our one of our sales guys, and and, and the customer started the conversation by saying, "All you salespeople are the same." looking for a good mm. deal how can i trust everybody tells me and i just stopped right there said you know what mr customer if we're going to start this off like this it's probably not worth our while to carry on with this appointment and and, and that's hard because sometimes the customer doesn't like to hear that but what happened he stopped in his tracks and he actually started listening we're now quoting that customer it's not always easy some customers think you're arrogant and they tell you to get out of the office that's fine he probably wasn't going to be a customer anyway yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think it, that all boils down to, to trust because probably that, that person's perspective is because they've been oversold and, and let down a million times. So, so sometimes the, the industry can also let itself down by, the, by not following through on the, on the promises that it makes. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I think in this specific instance, number one, the customer had gone and self-diagnosed the problem on the internet. So that alludes to what I said earlier. Secondly, he had gone and got 20 quotes from the traditional sort of brand names in the industry. And, and one of his comments was exactly that. The guys didn't follow through. They promised them this and delivered that. So immediately we walk into this sort of hostile environment. Mm. And, and the first thing I said to him when I stopped him, I said, we're not that. But that, but that's, that to me is generally due to a lack of a holistic strategy because yes. uh, it's like you say, oh, I need connectivity, therefore I'm going and get, getting 20 connectivity quotes. Where, where uh, you know, in the larger landscape of, of what a business would require, it's like minuscule. Mm. So, so it boils down to me uh, to the to the lack of that holistic view. Um, and, and like you said earlier, customers should actually expect more from the people that come and position to them instead of just uh, getting the getting 20 quotes. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to value the time that the person who's sitting in front of you, you've got to value their time, you've got to value your time as well. So, you know, I, I always say to customers, test us. Yeah. O- ask for a reference. Don't ask for a company reference. Those are easy. The CEO or the MD of the company's always got three or four friends that he sold to. Those are easy. Yes. Don't ask for personal reference on the salesperson. See how long they've been in the industry. Have a look at who some of their key accounts have been over a long-term period. You'll get a better understanding of who you're buying from. Because sometimes, you know, those salespeople take their customers with them to another brand or another reseller or another company. And, and, and sort of you need to know who you're dealing with and you need to be able to trust that person. And I always say it, it fascinates me specifically when it comes to technology, how different people can perceive or view things. So, you know, my example that I always use is, is, um, if I want to put new tires on my car, I've got a number of options. I can go to the, to the most and best expensive tire shop in town, or I can probably buy tires on the side of the road from a guy that stacked it up that uh, he found it who knows where. It's round, it's a tire, it's going to fit to my car, but I, but I won't do it because I understand what the risk to, to my vehicle and my, and my life is. Now technology is the same, you know, it's, it's, uh, you can go and do price shopping, but, but strategically it, it can be a lethal mistake, mistake to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I, I always have something that I refer to as the cost of lost. I think we see it every day in our industry. Uh, you know, where's the redundancy? Where's the backup? How much does that actually cost me? Have you ever worked out how much being down for half a day costs you? Oh, it costs you a hundred thousand rand. Okay, backup might cost you five thousand rand a month. Let's do the numbers. Five times twelve is sixty grand. Hundred hundred grand in one day. It's a no-brainer, but but that's what I'm saying. Customers have as much responsibility to actually sit down and work these things out and walk a journey with the salesperson. They're just as invested, if not more, because it's their own business, but they've also got to do the hard work. Okay, so uh, let's put you through your paces. So uh, I'm a Greenfields customer. What uh, are the top three priorities that I should be focusing on right now in my business from a technology perspective? Yeah, so I think uh, connectivity is critical to any business. Um, it's kind of the uh, the backbone. Everything else plugs into connectivity. Um, I think, um, yeah, we, we see it every day. Without uh, good connectivity, uh, a business is in real trouble. So connectivity first and foremost. I think um, secondly, we, we, we've got to gear our our businesses up to work remotely. I think we, we saw 12 months ago what happened, and I, I don't want to go on about that because that's a swear word in our life. Um, but um, 
some businesses weren't prepared. So we need to understand that this remote working in some way, shape or form is going to be around forever. Um, and yeah. businesses need to adopt it and it's, and it's adapt or die. You've got to accept it and you've got to prepare the business for it. So that's, that's the second one. And hand in hand with that, uh, the third thing for me is, uh, security around securing yeah. what your people are doing remotely, how they're connecting to the office, how they're communicating out to your customers and, 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 and how everything is backed up, secure, where it resides. I think Poppy is coming into full effect in a couple of months. And my general perception out there engaging with customers every day is they actually don't know what they're in for. They don't. It's our job to try and educate them when we do try. And a lot of people are just playing chicken with this poppy thing. I think uh, it's going to take the first CEO of a recognized company to get a slap on the wrists, and then everybody's going to turn around and take notice. And I, th- I think for me, in terms of what you said now, that just comes back to we have to challenge ourselves to – Get a view from maybe an independent or a, or objective source um, to ratify or, or vet our technology strategy. If it's if it's correct, then the the worst case is we've got uh, confirmation that it's correct. If it's not, then uh, you know it might save us a lot of hassles and, and downtime. And I, and I think the challenge that we should put to people out there is uh, is come and give it a test and 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 let us speak to you, let us have a view of what your environment looks like yeah i think uh, I, I said it earlier again you know a lot of times we uh we put ourselves at risk because we're too honest with customers we like to show them everything so they can make an informed decision um to your point we've offered on a couple times free assessments free sort of overview of, of your business we're obviously in it to make money uh long term we're a business but we're also doing our due diligence to set this thing up and to look after businesses long term. And sometimes there's a give and take, and we're happy to to give a little bit to have a long term view on anybody's business out there. So yeah, test us, give us a chance. Okay, well there you have it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember, you can listen to all the podcasts on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you can listen. If you're ever looking for help with your communications tools for your business, make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.